Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You go low, I go high. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. This music has really like zero, zero connection to what's about to happen, but I, I figured we'd just play because it's a really cool theme song that is constantly in my head. Actually, you know what? This this is a, a very good choice by you because if uh, my Star Tribune is correct, we have... Ravens Bears tonight at seven o'clock on oh, NBC. Right. So right. I think Wait you picked the appropriate music. Fire back up here. Yes, the trumpets. Hall of Fame game. Tonight, Timpanies right? and trumpets in football. It got moved. Uh, Hall of Fame game now on Thursday instead of uh, Sunday after the uh, induction speeches. That's good. Yeah, um, you probably get more people to watch on a Thursday night than a, maybe a Sunday afternoon, right? I might. Oh. I might watch tonight. At uh, least a half. I may duck in for a little bit just to get a little, just a little, little bump of football. I to... feel like such a loser right now for saying that that I might watch a half of the Hall of Fame game. But Max said he might stream back. it up in his cabin. So I guess which cabin, Max? Girlfriends, your families, your, your other your girlfriend. Third, yeah, your third <laughs> cabin. The families, the families. Just unbelievable how many cabins Max has. You know, you know nothing's preventing you from getting a cabin. You're an adult. Right, right. Hold on, hold on. My yeah. wife doesn't have one. And yeah, okay, my parents like, didn't wait, give me one. I want to be like Max. Wait, you're, I want one for, through the family. I want <laughs> I somebody to give me. A, I don't want to do stop, any work. Stop! 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 You've been married to your wife for like three decades. <laughs> my wife doesn't have one. Well, her family. You like you have separate assets. Have one. You have separate assets. Listen, what I want is I want a cabin where I'm not relied upon to do the work. All right. I don't want to mow the lawn. Let's I don't want to put the dock in. Go get a hotel. Amen. Room all right. <laughs> so I want a hotel. I want something. Hey, we need to, before we get to prop bets over unders, how's our guy Tiger doing? Is he still one under, Max? He's one under. He's hit every green. He's at every fairway. Oh, he, he's yeah. playing well. He's just got to, you know, sink those putts. He'll be all right. Long, how's the back? Long, long day left. Back good so far? Yeah. Oh, he no looks... back No back brace thing on today or no little st- no, uh, strips? No, no KT tape or whatever you want to call it. Nice. KT tape. Dude, he's he's, he's got he does have a, a wet spot on his butt because I think he's sweating or something. Oh no! Yeah, he's sweating, <laughs> swassy. It doesn't look good, but that's never comfortable. No, it is swass no. season. It is. Well, I want to go change those pants, Dude, But I feel like Nike should have some sort of because he still wears Nike apparel, right? They should have yeah, some yeah. sort of a like a swass resistant pant that he can wear. You think they would swass? Just sucks. I hate swag. It is. It is bad. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we got James Murphy in for Dave Harrigan this week. So here are the over unders and prop bets that Intermax put together for us. We'll start with this one: Minnesota Twins over under eighty five and a half wins for the Twins next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm starting. You said what? 
I'm starting, you yeah, said? Yeah, just, whatever. Just, uh, throw, just throw stuff out. Oh, at the rate things are currently going, and I got so excited for 2018. I'm going to dial it back. I'm going to say under, not by a lot. I, I do think that they'll bounce back, and I do think that there's a chance that they they could contend, and they actually should contend. Uh, but I'm going to dial back the expectations and the excitement, right. given what I've seen in say James, how many wins did I have last year again? 85. 85, okay. Um, so I they, just, they haven't gone over 85 and a half in a long time, right? Or no, they had 86 one year and didn't make the playoffs. Or maybe it was 85. But they haven't know. gotten to 90 in like a decade. All right. I just think enough has gone wrong this year that we can kind of attribute this season to that. It's not that they're... I, I, I think last year was a bit of a fluke, but the way they're playing right now, they, they it, it's not a regression. It's just missing Irvin Santana, missing Polanco, uh, getting nothing from, from uh, Sano and Buxton. I'm gonna say over 85 and a half. Okay, Maybe yeah, that's nice. just Homer Homer Work take me. Nice, Actually, it was the Astros that took the wild card a couple years ago with 86, and the Twins finished with like 83. So they haven't been above 85 and a half since 2010. All right, gotcha. Max, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I, I'm going under here. I, I just, I just, it's Sano Buxton. You guys, come on, let's figure it out a little bit here. I'm with you. Um, I'm I, okay. I think their pitching has a chance to be really good next year. Yeah. Um, I think I think Barrios is turning into a legit ace. I really like Fernando Romero. Kyle Gibson well, looks like he's going to be on the team for next year. So I'm going to go over, not wildly over, but I think they're going to be way more competitive because of their pitching than people maybe think. All right, who hits more home runs the next two months? One guy already has a head start. Brian Dozier or Miguel Sano, Judd? Oh, this one's very, very... Simple for me, it would be number six batting fifth for your Los Angeles Dodgers, Brian Dozier. I think Sano hits some, but I think Do- Dozier is now going to be fully engaged in with, with his new team. I think he probably goes on a Dozier-like stretch and uh, outmuscles our guy, Miguel. It's not hard to poke him out, especially to if you pull him in to left field in uh, at Dodger Stadium. I think it's not close. I think Dozier by five. I think Dozier's like twenty, isn't he? Yeah, it's gonna be cheap pull out. I think he's gonna he's gonna hit more with the Dodgers than he did with the Twins. Right. Yeah, right. I, I I'm gonna keep going. I think Dozier in L. A. He's Call exci- him Doge like I did he's one time. Ex- he's excited, you know. He, he's gonna he's playing winning baseball. He's ready to go. <laughs> All the cliches. Thanks for the cliches. He he gives hundred ten percent. No days off for Dozier either. Yeah. He said that. Don't his lunch pail to work. Oh yeah. he really does. <laughs> That hard hat on. I'm with you guys. Clean sweep. I think it's Dozier, but Miguel Sano looks like he's dialed in a little bit at the plate here. And um, the best thing that can happen because it gives the Twins options is for Miguel Sano to get white hot over the next two months and hit 12 home runs. It makes you feel more comfortable going into next year with him, and maybe it boosts his trade value say. so that you can say goodbye to him and let another team deal with his weight fluctuations. All right, last one for you guys here. Let's go Hall of Fame speech over under. Okay. Randy Moss, will it be short and sweet or long and winding? Over under 15 and a half minute speech for Randy Moss at the ooh, Hall of Fame ceremony. Ooh, that is... Do you have context for that, Max, or did you just pull that number out? I, I figured it wouldn't be a Brett Favre 30 minute thing, yeah. so I, I just basically cut that in half. Okay. Yeah. All right, my inclination is to say under that, because that's a pretty long speech, but you know what? Moss surprises me at every single turn. So I'm going to say that an emotional Moss, I think he breaks down a few times. 
I I'm gonna put it at not by a lot, but I'm going to say over 15 and a half minutes on the Randy Moss Hall of Fame speech. Judd, you're spot on. Um, I think the first thing I thought was when he was talking about Denny Green after he had passed away. Um, he he, you know, goes deep in his mind when he's when he's emotional. So I think that's gonna take him to drag it out a little bit. I don't think it's gonna be much over 15 because yeah. he he is you know he's not. He's never been a big media guy, but I think this is going to be important to him. I think it will be over 15 and a half. I'm going to go under. I think it's going to be about 13, 14 minutes. Uh, 14.37. Yeah. yeah I, I, it's, You've been clocking all these other speeches yeah. uh, on film just to, just to see. Yeah, I've been channeling my inner Matthew Collar and watching Hall nice. of Fame speeches. But yeah, it'll, it'll be under. It'll be a good speech. He's, he, he's a pretty good talker, uh, you know. As of late, I guess I, I'm gonna so. go. I'm gonna go with the over on this one with James and and Judd. I think when you factor in the crying breaks, there's got to be at least two or three crying breaks, right? <laughs> Denny, applause, for sure. There's, yeah, there's gonna be a Denny? a Denny crying break. There might even be some sort of a family or upbringing. Oh yeah, crying break. Yep. And it it might be that we see a Patriots crying break, where he starts thinking about Belichick a little bit, and and, and, he's, and he's caught up in the emotion. So I I want to say seventeen and zero. At least, yeah. At least two minutes of crying breaks. He's gonna have some stories, and like like you guys said, he's gonna want to do justice to to the Denny Green influence too. So there's gonna be like five minutes of Denny Green stuff in there, and I, I think it's an over. It's a solid right. over for him. So there it is. Those are your Minnesota sports prop bets and over unders for the week on Mackie and Judd. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do later on at noon. We're gonna do more NFL predictions. It was such a hit earlier this week with the People audience. Love, they're clamoring for it. More NFL predictions uh, at noon. Roy Smalley in about an hour and 15 minutes. Mackie and Judd. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers! On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Right now! On 1500 ESPN. The ACMN bucket sale get 20% off almost anything that fits inside when you donate $5 to the local Children's Miracle Network Hospital. Valid on regular price merchandise only. See participating store for details. Thanks, Jim. Do people call you Jim at all? No. Actually, you ever think about, like, maybe, what are you, 20, you were born in 90, 25? 24. You ever think, like, when you're 30, maybe, you know, like, Jim or or is James the name? Is James going to be the well, name? Here's the thing, it, th- Jimmy. What everybody calls me is Murph. Nobody really even calls me James. Okay. So okay. So someone in the oh, you know what it was when you you left your wallet in, stu- in studio? Yeah. Was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah. And uh, and Max goes. <laughs> yeah. Max goes. Hey, Murph left his wallet, and I was like, Brian Murphy was here. Yeah. You looked at me like what <laughs> Brian are you Murphy about? left his wallet. Oh, we have two Murphs. <laughs> yeah, I'd call you Murph. Yeah, that's just what I've always gone. And you look by. like a Murph too. Yeah, thanks. All right. Yeah. So from this Murph's point good. forward, you're gonna be you're gonna be Murph. That'll work. That okay. works for me. Cool. I mean, I, I like James too, but Murph is you're definitely a Murph. I mean, they're yeah. gonna call you Murph or Jim. I don't. I don't think he's a Jim. He does not look like a Jim to People, me. Like the only time I get called Jim is if I go like, go to the doctor's office or something, and they're like Jim. <laughs> Wait, but the doctor should be so more formal. Assuming... Should call you James, even if you're you're called Jim ordinarily. I don't know. I, I, I just, like that. I, I've never tried it. Maybe it's something I do when I get older, but we'll see. So they're assuming a nickname at the doctor's office. Yeah. That's a. I, that's I know, like man. the only yeah. time I can think of where someone's just. I don't know. It's. Hmm. I've never tried it. I never. See, I've never tried going by Jim. If you're the if you're the presumptive nickname doctor or or nurse or whatever, and you and you see a Richard. 
in yeah. the lobby. There's so many different ways to go with that, right? Yeah. Richie, Dick, Rick, Rick, Rick. Yeah. Uh, let's take let's take one more. Chancey's been <laughs> Chancey's been on hold, and I have something that, that something to watch for you guys this weekend. That's that's been airing on ESPN. Chancey, when you called in yesterday, you had like two callers right after that called you an idiot. So if you want to defend yourself, <laughs> that wasn't ahead. very fair, Chancey. No, actually, it probably was. I, I say that my wife says that sometimes as well, and I, yeah, there's plenty of plenty of people that think the same thing. But uh, I really enjoy you guys' show, and I always try to bring my uh, my honest opinion to the table. And we appreciate so that. We appreciate you've become one of our favorite callers for sure. Well, I thank you. And once uh, vent line heats up for the NFL, I'll, I'll try to get there every week and uh, nice. get in there with Linda from Wyoming and everybody else. So, <laughs> yes. but. Uh, you know, Phil, I, I was thinking about our call yesterday and just thinking about the conversation today with the ownership. And the one thing I wanted to say, and, and this has been kind of my point when I was talking about baseball and the system with trading for prospects and, and whatnot, and I kind of brought this up a few weeks back when we were talking NBA and we're talking free agents and where they're going in the league. And I, I think what everybody needs to think about is that there's a reason the NFL is the number one league in uh, the United States. And it isn't just that people like seeing touchdown passes. It is because of some of the hard things they have put in place, the salary cap, uh, the TV deal with the revenue sharing that you were talking about earlier. You're 100% right. The franchise tag system where teams can keep their homegrown talent. Uh, I think I do speak for a significant portion of fans when I say that it isn't a great thing in baseball or the NBA when two-thirds of your franchises start the year and have no shot to compete or all the star players decide they want to play on one team or three teams or where New York and L.A. can sign all the best players and everybody else is trying to pick through the bargain scraps or build up with prospects. I mean, you're really playing under two different systems. Two-thirds of the teams are. And, you know, I, I just I think that the biggest thing I wanted to take away from it is that fans of these sports should be clamoring for change in the whole system. Yeah. Not complaining about Carl Polad, but saying that baseball's broken and it needs to change the whole system, whether it's with the salary for the TV deal or... The NBA needs to change their system with a hard salary cap or franchise player tags. I just don't like the system, and I do think I speak for a significant portion of fans. And yeah. that's my overlying theme over the last few weeks. So yeah. Thanks for taking the call. Chancey, Chancey, thanks, man. Well, okay, he brings up a really interesting point. So the, the NFL is, is unique in two ways that really can't be replicated. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's a week-to-week-to-week anticipation. It's an event. It's It's... It's a rarity, right? You only get it's, it's, right. it's a three-hour window, and you literally spend the whole week like it's, clamoring. It's, it's over sixteen it. games, so you you watch every single game, or at least you you reserve that time to watch games, as yep. opposed to baseball, where it's one sixty-two. So that's the first thing, and it's just it's just yeah. it's just unique in that way. But the second thing is the most influential and best players in the NFL are quarterbacks by far. There's there's sixteen to twenty of them that are going to influence a game more than any other player on the field at all times. It doesn't. J- J.J. Watt is one of the greatest pass rushers of all time. Kirk Cousins is a much more influential player on a football field than J.J. Watt because he touches the ball every single snap on offense. And, and he's able to throw the ball down. The, he's, he's just doing more to influence a game. Yep. And you can only have one of those guys on each team, basically. You're never going to... In the NBA, if the NFL were like the NBA, you'd be able to put Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Russell Wilson on the same team, and they'd all, they'd all be able to operate in the same offense. You can't do that in the NFL. So because these influential players and the best players all have to be dispersed across different teams, it creates more parity. If the NBA had some sort of way, and I think if you took away uh, individual max 
contracts, if you took away the cap on what LeBron James can make, you kept the team cap, but you took away the individual player cap, LeBron James would be making $70 million somewhere, and guess what? He wouldn't be thinking about playing with two other superstars. And Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, would they turn down $30 million to play with each other? Probably not. So those are the NFL. It's just sort of it's the way that it's set up, and there's nothing that you can do to to change other sports to make it like the NFL in that way. Football is also, and to its credit, it's found this place uh, among sports. Football is also really, if you look at it right now, almost the perfect sport for now. Yeah, like in the 30s. Guess what? Baseball, horse racing, and boxing were huge at that time. It was perfect for then. Uh, but you're you're now you're taking a 16 game season, which every but which a lot of people, including including casual sports fans, will watch. They play fantasy football, which is a big deal. So, in 30 years, this could be completely different. Uh, parents could have stopped allowing their kids to play football because of concussions. Football, for all all we know, in 50 years, it could be dying to mm-hmm. dead as as we know it. But right now, football is really. The perfect sport. Basketball is probably second. So for all we moan and complain about the contracts and uh, about uh, the Warriors and Rockets and super teams, basketball is doing great. Baseball is a long season. It gets exciting to people like me around now, but I mean, you could take the first three months, mm-hmm. and, and unless you absolutely just love it, you, you can take it mm-hmm. or, or not. So th- this is also very much a product of the time in which in which we're in right now, and football is the perfect sport for this. Mm-hmm. Football is the perfect sport for how our society operates, which is to say we are now in a time period where, where attention span-wise, we want excitement. We want things to be as quick as possible, and yeah. we don't. And we don't want the the charm of the 162 game baseball season now is lost on most. Mm-hmm. Didn't used to be. It is. It's kind of lost on me. And I love baseball. I'm it's my with favorite you. Sport. I'm with I, you. I don't, I don't generally sit down and watch full baseball games like I used to 10 or 15 years ago. I don't ago. either. And I flip past baseball games now, unless it's the Twins, constantly. Mm-hmm. This is why. Two days ago, as we started to get these deals, I said, I love this. Like, that got me. Mm-hmm, me like, too. guys were being traded, and there was reckless speculation right and left. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, well, and that's what, but but that is very much the the society in which we live now. Yes. The the bar for entertainment is also a lot higher because there's so many options, right? It's like, okay, if I'm if I'm flipping through cable TV and there's nothing on, I got Netflix. I got YouTube. I've got. I got. I can just pull open my Instagram feed for twenty minutes if I'm bored, right? And I can. Yeah. I can just feed my brain with mindless content. Absolutely. And and it's like baseball has. Baseball used to be a lot more entertaining when the competition for entertainment was thinner twenty years ago, and now it's like. But to Chancey's other point, frustration being a Twins fan specifically, I think it's a paradigm shift. Okay, and I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to tell fans what they should or shouldn't think, but I think your life would be easier as a Twins fan. If you constantly bang your head against the why don't they spend more money wall, okay? And that's been a very common wall for fans to bang their head against. Come to grips with the reality that even though we're talking about billionaire owners, they're not looking to take a loss on their company. They're not looking to take a big bath and flush a bunch of their own money down the toilet on baseball players. They look to operate within the confines of how much revenue they're bringing in. And so if you start to if you start to reshape the way you think about your expectations, okay. I'm not saying you shouldn't expect greatness, but you and I have have been more critical of their lack of innovation over the years and their lack of curiosity. 
why aren't you doing more creative things to win within the parameters that you're operating in? Not, why don't you spend more money? They're not going to, they're not going to spend with the Yankees. They're not going to spend with the Red Sox or the Phillies. They're not. But can they outsmart other teams in baseball by making better decisions than the Cardinals, making right. better decisions than the Mariners, right? And so that's kind of the level that I judge them on mentally. Are they ever going to have a 10-year dynasty? Right. Pro- probably not because you're going to have to but, spend $250 million on a roster to make that happen. But, but the problem there with that one is patience. These guys are in their second full year. Second full year. And mm-hmm. they took over a dumpster fire. But they went from a terrible 2016 to a year in which they, they made, and I get it, a one-game playoff, so not a series, but they made a playoff series, and we all said, oh, this is fantastic. It's mm-hmm. turned around. And in 2018, we all, including me, lack patience. Mm-hmm. And we need what? Distractions. The Wild does a very good job at distracting you. Mm-hmm. Come to the X. We are going to give you this full experience, and you're going to buy your Wild jersey and don't mind the fact that these these two guys that, that we signed to long-term contracts are aging quickly and it's not mm-hmm. going well because you and the kids are going to love wild hockey. It's an experience for you. Oh, wait. Oh, hold on a second. I got distracted for a second. Mm-hmm. So a few of us, yes, get mad at the team, but there are a lot of people that show up at the X on a nightly basis, pay a lot to watch games, and mm-hmm. have a great time because they create sort of a circus distraction. Mm-hmm. The Twins do that to a certain degree, but you it, the season's so long, it's hard, mm-hmm. and it's a standalone. And so so really, I think what it comes down to is, is the most successful teams build in distractions that if they aren't going well, you start to look at points B and C and say, oh, well, that, that's great at least. Yeah. I got my jersey. I got my Parisi jersey. Yeah. I, I get why it's frustrating. Sure it is. But... Um... You know, it's the only thing you can say for the twins specifically is, yeah, they're just like they're trying to build something long term and they they had a downturn this year and it is what it is. It doesn't mean that they should be fired. It's yeah, it's it's a buzzkill. And Thad Levine will play that back in a couple hours on our show. Like Thad Levine brought up a really good point about, okay, last year was the best case scenario for what we had on our roster to for everyone to go crazy like that. Eddie Rosario and for all these guys to have big seasons for us to win all those close games and to, for Jorge Polanco to explode, like that was the 90th percentile of what we were capable of last year. This year is like the 10th percentile. Like Everything went wrong. And so it's not as bad as it looks this year. It wasn't as good as it looked right. last year. They just hit the extremes for both years. James, what do you got next to us and stuff you shouldn't... What, wow, that was a butchered sentence. What's next in stuff, James? Well, boys... Or, uh, or Jim, whatever we're going to start calling you. <laughs> uh we learned this morning, actually, that the big match play between Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods has finally become a reality. Yes. And even Judd might be in on this. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this. On 1500 ESPN, Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. If you two are finished comparing sizes. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. What Twin City sports fans are chanting for right now. Mackie and Judd continue with stuff you should know about. All right, Murph. Murph, you're on. It's up to you. Carry us for the segment. Let's go, Jimbo. I can do that. Let's start. Let's start here, boys. I went from just hoping to be able to play the tour, you know, 
to now that I feel like I, I can play the tour, and I, I certainly can win again. Uh, I've had an opportunity to, uh, to win a couple times this year. I uh, had a great chance at Valspar early in the year, and uh, even a, you know, a week ago I had a, had a great shot at it. So, yeah, my game's gotten better and good enough for that I, I feel like I can win again you know, out here on tour. That was Tiger ahead of the Bridgestone Invitational. Obviously, he's he's uh, teed off already. But the more exciting news to me was that a date and location has been set for the match play with Phil Mickelson. It'll either be Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving yep. at Shadow Creek Golf Course in Las Vegas. Uh, the, the purse hasn't been determined as of yet, but the figure that was thrown out there uh, you know, a month ago when they started talking about it was $10 million. I hope that they're putting, obviously they can get sponsorship money and a, a, a TV network I think would pick this up. Yeah. Right? You, th- right? you think so? so? You think there might be some bidding for this event? Probably. Maybe maybe one of the, maybe like Facebook will pick it up or something, but I'm guessing a TV no, network will pick get it a TV up. Network. So you're, you're going to have enough money to, to go around, but I hope they put their own money up. Wouldn't it be awesome if they both put up 5 or $10 million? I would hope or so. Or whatever makes Phil uncomfortable, like right. Tiger said. <laughs> I think I'm in, boys. I, I think I'm in. I might be more in for this than Thanksgiving football. Like I, I and, and I love watching football on Thanksgiving, but this this hasn't happened before, yeah. so I'm excited. So wouldn't Friday be Friday? Yeah. Wouldn't Friday be? Per- although, although, if I'm not mistaken, if you look at your Gopher football schedule, aren't they playing Indiana on that Friday? Well, that uh, would no. be must watch that, stuff right there. No, because they the, play the, the Thanksgiving games. Yeah, the Badgers. Okay, so okay. that would be Saturday. But that game I'm will in. be over within ten minutes. Then so I'm you, in. Want, you want to worry about? It. <laughs> Why do you have no faith? I do yeah, long term. Exactly. I do long term. I'm rowing the boat long term. You're not okay. a, You're not big on Zach Anikstad or Tanner Morgan. Listen, to, my, to, my, my back is to the past. Eyes on the future. You just named the quarterbacks. Good job, Murph. I couldn't even do that. And I'm supposed to be professionally employed here. Supposed to be. <laughs> As we know. The uh, the Baltimore Orioles are currently rebuilding. Uh, before Tuesday's trade deadline, they moved, obviously, Manny Machado. Jonathan Scope went to the Brewers. They moved a couple pitchers, Darren O'Day and, and Kevin Gosman. They actually tried to move the face of their franchise over the last decade, Adam Jones, to the Phillies. Yes. But he did block the deal. I'd never heard of this before, but he used his 10-5 and five rights. Oh, yeah. I, I'd never heard of that before. So that's, oh. if, if you're unfamiliar like me... If you've been in the league for 10 years and on the same team for the last five, yep. you can block any trade. Yep. And this is what he said about it. When players walked out years ago and walked the picket lines and stuff, they did that for reasons like this. I earned this, and it's my decision. I don't have to explain it to nobody. It's my decision. And which team was it again that tried to trade for him? The Phillies. The Phillies did. Just not that far away. Interesting. Am I am I wrong for when a guy does this, especially if if he's not being asked to go like from coast to coast, he's just going from Baltimore to Philly, to think in the back of my head, why wouldn't you do that? Like, I, there, yeah. there's a competitive. I mean, Baltimore is historically bad, right? I mean, they are just mm-hmm. a complete dumpster fire. I, it's probably not fair, but I always think to myself, why wouldn't you? Well, and here's another. Let's use the Mauer one, okay? Let's say let's use the Mauer to the Yankees pipe dream that we've been talking about because it, it would be fun to watch him in the Yankees uniform and they really don't have Greg Bird's their first baseman and so it's not like they're solidified there yeah they, they, don't, have Tyler, they don't have Tyler Austin anymore no they don't the twins have them have them. twins have two uh well they have one Yankees former Yankees first baseman and one future Yankees first baseman but if you're Joe Maurer you, you got a family you're rooted to Minnesota but wouldn't it be fun for two months maybe three months 
and you can bring your whole family. Go get the nicest penthouse condo or or hotel suite available in Manhattan, and just live there for a couple months and have a good time. Yeah, you know what? That's what put I the whole family there. Yeah, and you got a you got a totally chance, do that. and you've got a chance to go from what's a complete disaster of, of a year in Jones's case to a team not far away that's competing. I just it's. Probably not fair, but I always think to myself, that really seems to lack of a little bit of character now. This got bumped from our opening bell segment, but uh, Ohio State uh, head football coach Urban Meyer was placed on a paid administrative lead yesterday yes. after the evidence came out contradicting this statement that he made. Uh, it was during the it was Big Ten uh, media day. I... I can't say it didn't happen because I wasn't there. I was never told about anything. Never anything came to light. I never had a conversation about it. So I know nothing about it. So so anything about that did not factor into your decision? Because First I heard about that was okay. last night. And that so you don't know anything about 2015? That wasn't a factor in, in your decision with that? No, and I asked some people back at the office to call and say what right. happened. And they came back so they, they know nothing about it. So the text messages came out yesterday. And pretty much proving that if if they're if they're accurate that that he was lying about that, so he's it's it's very likely that he gets let go by Ohio State, mm-hmm. right? Which would be the second great football coach. Tressel was another one that got bounced for not similar reasons, but for violating right. NCAA uh, that was rules. The tattoo thing, right? Yeah. Um, is it possible Urban Meyer never coaches college football again? Um, it, it's possible, but you know what? Someone will, will, he'll leave there, get a big buyout. Someone is going to wait for this to pass. And in five years, he'll get a job. But this is another, well, he'll have some kind of show cause, you know, some kind of. The the only question I have is how many of of these guys, and rightfully so, are going to be hit and bitten in the butt by the fact that they have absolute God complexes. Mm -hmm. And we just, you know, we've now shifted from, well, it's urban to, no, you're gone. I wonder I wonder where this ends and how many respected football coaches get fired because it is unbelievable how easy they can lie. And it is unbelievable how much they believe their own lies. And how quickly they're willing to sweep things that are important under yeah. the rug in order to keep winning But or... this was a graduate assistant who got who at Florida who became an assistant with the Buckeyes. Yeah. So like you would think common sense would be like okay, I'm going to draw the line here and fire you, but I think the god complex is so strong that they think it'll ne- never get me and and I think we've now shifted to a place where it's going to get them. That ball hit well. Heading for the bullpen. And it's 25 to 4. Sean Kelly just threw his glove down. I don't know that I've seen a pitcher do that. He is some kind of upset about something, whether it's the home run, what happened before the home run with the umpire, or the fact that he's even in the game. I don't know. So that was from that, that blowout game that I mentioned yesterday and stuff, actually. Uh, that was Nationals reliever Sean Kelly. He was upset. I guess the story is he was upset the ump was rushing him. And. <laughs> Yeah, it was 25 to 2 at that point. Okay. He was upset the ump was rushing him, and then he gave up a two run bomb, and he throws his glove down. So he didn't just, he got more for his transgression than a fine for equipment violation. What he got was designated from for assignment by by the Nationals for oh, wow. doing that. 
So the, so, so the Nats have gotten rid of a guy for throwing his glove and then another guy, Brandon Kinsler, for talking to the media Being about club, clubhouse. Being a mole. Beef. Yeah. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Is they're they're cleaning out the clubhouse. This is what the this is what the GM said. Well, it was uh, pretty cut and dry. You guys all saw it. Uh, you know, I thought that uh, you know the uh, the act that he, he portrayed on the field last night was disrespectful to, to the name on the front of the jersey, the the organization, specifically David Martinez. And uh, you're either in or you're in the way. And uh, I thought he was in the way. He was in the way. What's the problem wow. there? You're either in or you're in the way. Washington is, what's wrong there? Like something's really they off had, now. Yeah. It, they the shouldn't be this as, as mediocre as no. they are. No, they shouldn't. He's actually been pitching. If, I, I'm just looking at his numbers here. He's 334 ERA on the year, and he's striking out a batter per inning. So if somebody will somebody jump on him. He looks like a werewolf too, doesn't he? Doesn't he have like the, he the full beard? He's always yeah. had like the full yeah. beard. Just Angry a, werewolf on the mound. They should have a disposal right mm. What else you got for us, James? Murph. Let me, Murph. Let me find it quick. There we go. Play the field, Jimmy. Play the clock. When they get to the line quickly, don't they? Brady goes for the big ball. Moss. He reels it in with one hand right over Rebus. Beat him this time. That was Tom Brady connecting with Randy Moss for a touchdown. So this was a story on Vikings.com. Over his career, go, going into the Hall of Fame, obviously. Uh, over his career, Randy Moss had 13 quarterbacks throw a touchdown pass to him. I just gave you one. How many of the other 12 can you name? Oh, wow. Turning into questions. Yeah, it's, a, questions. it's a pre question. Okay, re- repeat the question again. I need 13. to focus here. Ra- Randy, <laughs> I'll, turn, I'll turn the music down even. Okay. Randy Moss, over his career, has had 13 t- uh, quarterbacks throw him a touchdown pass. We All right. I gave you one with that Tom Brady. All right. How many of the, of the other 12 can you name? All right, Judd, I think we can get this. Let's do Vikings, Phil, first. I'm going to go. No, you know what? I'm, I'm going to show off real quick here. Right. Sopo with the Raiders is Never one of threw them. him a touchdown what? pass. Oh, why did you do that? <laughs> what, what about Let's the start Wal- with Walter what we know. guy? The Kevin Walters Let's or whatever the guy's name. Let's start with what we know. Walters. Let's start Walter with what guy. we know and yeah. I'll backwards. give Andrew, Andrew Walters. Andrew Walters. Right. Andrew Walters. That's right. Randall Cunningham, <laughs> Brad Johnson, Jeff George in 99, uh, Culpepper after... 2000. So there's four right there. You have right. the first four in order, so yeah. And we've got... And, you want to go got, in order? Well, no, you don't no, have to. No, no, no. I'm just saying I, I just gave him four, and with Brady and Walter, we're now, we now have six down. Did you go... Um, 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 God dang it, he coaches Buffalo High School now. Todd, Todd Baumann Baum, Baum, Baum had to throw him one, I right? did not. Yep, he threw him four. Brett Favre. Okay. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's eight. We have eight. You have five left. Matt Castle was was uh... Matt Castle threw him eleven in the year Brady was hurt. Very oh, nice. Dude. Very. You just redeemed yourself, Phil. Matthew. That's eight. No, that's oh, nine. I... That's nine. Do right we have there. nine right now. You have nine right now. Four, I gave you Andrew Walter five, for God's sake. Yeah, that was you, pretty good. You finished the list. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me two asses Opo, and he wasn't even one of them. Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins Bang! threw him eight. Come on. Oh. I would not have gotten that. I did not remember Kerry Collins was in Oakland. Okay, that that Oakland. I can't even give you that Oakland time. Did he catch one? I'm not asking you this. Did he catch one in San Francisco in that last year when he came back? I believe he did. He did not catch one in Tennessee. I don't I believe, believe he did catch one in San. I believe he might have caught two or three in he San Francisco. He caught three in San Francisco. So, so Colin Kaepernick? Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. We have one left. You have two left. Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> one more. Oh, we're down to one. Hold on, hold on. Let's go back here. Vi- right. Let's go back to the Vikings. So, all right. Um, is there someone between? Oh my God, there is. 
So somebody, wait, somebody in the cult, like the cult. Come pepper. on, guys. Oh, for Gus Farad. Gus Farad. Yes, dude, that nice was a job. clinic. That was a wow. That was. Bill, the Kerry Collins and the Walters. That was, yeah, that was impressive. That was beautiful. Now, don't forget, he get, he did start with Tui out to Sopo, Sopo, so we didn't like that. Tell, but even like two. know that name though is pretty yeah, Max. Too. Did I not bring up Tui out to Sopo when we were when we were going over yeah. this before? Actually, yeah. Jason Stark called in to say they're going to get tripped up on Tui out <laughs> yeah, to Sopo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll go to break. See you guys. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on fifteen hundred ESPN. Bill Mackey, Judd Zolgad. The decline of moral and ethical integrity. Let's hear it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Judd. All right. I have a TV recommendation for you gentlemen this weekend. The basketball tournament on ESPN. Have you guys been watching this at all? Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I have no idea Jimmer what that is. Jimmer Fredette. Yeah. Max I've, is in. Yeah. Jimmer, Jimmer's been killing it. I've watched, uh, I've watched a little bit, but I didn't know what they were doing, so I turned the channel. So here's what they're doing, and this is why it's awesome. I feel like we talked about this a, a year ago. This tournament maybe is two or three or four years old, so it's it's building. Mm-hmm. It's the tournament with the alternate ending to the game where they get rid of the clock. It's called the Elam ending. So before before we get to that, just to set it up, it's I think anyone can just create a team, and you get into this big bracket. They're down to the semifinals now, and sure. Jimmer Fredette's team is just dominating. I mean, the, he scores like 40 points a game in China, and he's just one, he's just one of the best players not in the NBA. And uh, there was a Marquette team, the, gold, the, the, the Golden Eagles, like former Marquette players. Travis Diener was their point guard okay. from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. And um, I don't know who the other two teams are, but anyways, at the end of these games... When the clock hits four minutes to go in the fourth quarter, the next stoppage, they get rid of the clock, and the game ends when someone reaches a target score, which is seven points tacked on to the team that's winning the game. So, stick with me here. Let's say uh, your team, Judd, has 100 points, and my team has 90 points. At the at the four minute mark of the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. ball goes out of bounds at at the three fifty mark, and so they stop the clock. Mm-hmm. They now get rid of the game clock. They keep the shot clock, so there's no more game clock for the rest of the game. And the winning score is now one hundred seven points. So it's one hundred and ninety. I got okay. And the game stops it. at three minutes and fifty seconds or whatever, and they tack seven points onto the the winning team score at that point. So now it's whoever gets to one oh seven first uh-huh. wins the game. Uh-huh. And the goal here is to 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 minimize the fouling that happens once the game clock gets under a minute. It's just a foul festival, and it takes thirty minutes to finish. And and you're and so you're incentivized to just play defense because every time you foul, you're just putting a team closer and closer to the you know you, like the the incentive to foul in the NBA is to preserve time and hope that the other team misses a free throw. Right. But if there is no clock and you're just trying to prevent them from scoring a basket, you're going to play defense, right? So it gets rid of all the stoppages and fouls. And the most fun part is every game is a walk-off winner. Every game ends, whether it's at the free throw line or with a three-point shot. So the, I was watching this game last weekend, and uh, and one of the teams was like three points away. They were exactly three points away from the target score to win, and their opponent was maybe four points behind them or something. And so they just went down, and they were just jacking threes. They just want to end the game. So it, sure. it ends with a walk-off three-pointer. I think it's so much fun. I think the NBA, which is very much progressive thinking and innovative, should consider something like this. Woo! I know it's a it's a total shock to the current system, 
but it would make the games more fun. It would make the last five to ten minutes of a game go quicker and be more fun as well. Mm-hmm. And you get you get to keep track of who the most clutch players are at the end of games. So you'd have like game winning shot stats and shooting percentages when a team is within three points of winning a game. So right, it's seven points though tacked on. Yep, I think so it might have been nine before, the, but they maybe they changed they it to seven. It down. All right, what do you guys think? I think, well, first of all, I think it's too radical to go with in the NBA, but I do think that you could do something like this and get a bunch of attention for the league. How about the G League? Yeah. The G League tries it. Test it out. Like, you have nothing to lose, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like your basketball skills are going to erode. It's not not as if you're drastically changing the -the on-the-court game. Mm -hmm. So if you take the NBA's developmental league and try it, I, I could see that because I do think that people would tune in just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. So it would also give I think teams, I'd try it. But it would give teams a better chance to come back. I mean, to, I have no idea if, if I I like it or not. But in the G League, who cares? Try it. But think about this: like when when you get under a minute to go in an NBA game, if you have a five point lead or better, you're winning almost all the time. In college, guys get nervous and miss free throws, but in the NBA, you put your best free throw shooters on the court, and they've all. They've all been in front of crowds, and so they're not going to get nervous. And they, So if you have a five-point lead in the last minute, you're going to win the game. But it's going to drag on for 20 minutes because the team that's losing still thinks, well, if we just fouling. keep fouling, we'll send them to the line, and then we'll make, okay, then we'll come down, make a shot, timeout, foul. Yep. And it takes 20 minutes to play out the inevitable. I think it would increase the amount of teams that actually come back and win. Um, it would eliminate fouling. And think about... How exciting it would be if the target score is 107 and you got two teams tied at 105 and the next shot wins the game for either team and it goes back and forth like it's, I don't know, I think it's... So like when when does this tournament that is now coming to its uh, culmination, when did it start? Like a month ago or something? I have no idea. I honestly have no idea. I just started watching last and week. And so for you the think it's like finals. teams that are basically just petitioned, like like they get together a group of players, they yeah. get in, and, and then you slowly but surely just end up with the best or most talented teams left. Yeah. Like okay. I, I, I think that the four of us and a fifth guy in the hallway would be able to put together a team. I don't know what <laughs> the qualifying is, but we wouldn't team. we wouldn't beat Jimmer Fredette. No, like, we would so, not. Jimmer like Jimmer Fredette. Fredette would just beat all of us. If it was five on one, he would He's beat us. He's playing where again? In China, they really? play for two million dollars. The the team yeah. that wins gets two million. It's mostly how about that too. The winning yeah. team gets two million dollars. They the split teams, up two million dollars. The teams wow. are mostly consisted of either you know former NBA players or super good Division One players. I mean, it's it's like it's extremely competitive. It's not like your boys at Lifetime Fitness. I mean, you you got to be what's wrong with those guys? You huh? got to be. Well, I, I love them. Come I on, Max. Them. Those guys. Are yeah, like but, you, I mean, but, they're talented. But what's the filter for getting into the tournament? Do we know? I I would have to look that up. But I know. I mean, to compete, you got to you got to play at a high level. Yeah, like you're not. It's it's not this Marquette team is mostly dudes who are in the NBA for a cup of coffee or currently playing overseas. It's a lot of guys who are sure. playing overseas. Uh, like Jared Sullinger was one of the players. I think Jared Sullinger's playing overseas now, and he was one of the players on a quarterfinals team, for instance. So, yeah, mm. it's it's pretty cool. It's worth a watch this weekend if you get a chance. And what happens is they have, when the clock goes under four minutes and they put the target score up, they literally have like these two huge signs in the corner. Oh, I of the did court, see that. And it says flip by and watch target score or whatever the yes. phrasing is. And it's just this giant 95. I did see that. So, no, like, so there's the no confusion this? over, over, you know, what the winning score is. I'll check it out.
Okay. You don't sound too enthused. I'll check that's it out. That's okay. No, no, no. I'm just, I just, I don't know. I don't know how I, I feel about something like that. Because basketball's got a decent, now, now I will say this though. I, I think if you were uh, to put a gun to my head and say, would, would I do it? I'd be much more tempted to try it in college. I feel like the end of college like putting basketball. Putting a gun to your head is a little extreme. I feel like this, the but. end of okay. If you were to ask me which one I would try it with, <laughs> I feel like col- the the end of college games to me seems to be the worst right now. Yeah, and because they, they don't end. Mm-hmm. Like you start watching tournament games, and and I go back to and I I think they did take away a timeout right from I think they took away a timeout now to try and speed things up. But well, foul, feels, fouling starts earlier in college yeah. too because the shot clock is thirty seconds. Yeah. So, so you'll start fouling with like a minute 50 to go if you're down by seven or eight. It's ridiculous. Yes. All right. We got questions with Murph when we come back here. We got Roy Smalley at 1130. And if you missed the Thad Levine interview from yesterday, we're going to play that back in the noon hour. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN.